It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Shout. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Thursday, and I swear I can see my vacation from here. No, not the weekend. My, va- I am going back to Florida. Just so you know, real quick, my sister posted a picture. She likes to go for a morning walk, and she posted a picture of herself really freezing cold. And what was it, sister? You're like 65 degrees or something like that out there where you're walking. Oh, and she's so cold. So I sent her a screenshot of the temperature where I am, 17 degrees. And then just said, uh, I'll see you this weekend because I need to get into where the warm is. I really do. No, it's not bad here. If you're used to living in Wyoming, if you've been here long enough, and I've never had that much of a problem with cold weather anyway, it's when it gets windy and cold that I have a problem. But I'm on vacation next week, and I go back to visit family and also with my sister go back to the islands that were pummeled by Hurricane Ian, where she and I grew up. So we'll see those as well. All right. Now, a couple of things before I get... Well, one thing before I get into the main topic. I just turned over before I got on the air here and looked at the ridiculously large television that they put in the studio with me. And that ridiculously large television showed the beginning of what they call COP28, which is the climate conference. Number 28. So they've been doing this for 28 years, and they haven't solved anything, by the way. Now, that climate conference with all the world leaders and so on begins now, right now. So from all over the globe, about 70,000 people flew in. About 1,000 corporate jets and major jetliners like Air Force One will be there at one point. And Air Force One shows up with more than just Air Force One. There's an Air Force Two as a backup. There's the press plane. And then there's a plane that carries all the vehicles. But, of course, Al Gore and all these other people are there. So they show up with all of these big jet planes. They ride around in limousines and SUVs. They eat all of these wonderful meals at taxpayer expense, by the way, that has nothing to do with eating less meat. There's going to be plenty of meat on the menu, top quality stuff. And then they will complain that the rest of the world needs to cut back their carbon footprint. That begins right now. Uh, Maybe I'll get back to that later today. Right now, though, I want to talk about some pro-Palestinian protesters that were in Casper yesterday. But first, trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So yesterday, some pro-Palestinian protesters showed up in Casper, Wyoming. And first off, I'm taking a look at a picture of where they 
protested. Uh, there's it's on First Street. There's an apartment building called the Virginian. It's a nice little bread brick apartment building. Uh, for those people in Casper who uh, follow Oil City News, Oil City didn't have to go for far for this story at all. It was right outside their front door. And across the street is this big bank building. City Hall is being refurbished on the inside. And so everything in City Hall went to this bank building, filled it up uh, as a temporary place. So that's why the protesters decided to get out in front of City Hall. Story on the Wake Up Wyoming website says a group of pro-Palestinian protesters planted themselves at the Casper Business Center on Wednesday uh, for their message, Free Palestine and End Genocide. As of noon, the gathering was vocal but not violent. Cars zipped by, a couple of people honked at them, protesters cheered. That doesn't necessarily mean, by the way, if the protesters were honking at them, that the protesters, you know, that they agreed with the protesters. I mean, maybe in some cases, but in most cases, that not really, no. So I took a look at the pictures here. Let's take a look. at. We do have, and I wonder if I can catch the audio from this. On the Wake Up Wyoming site, there's a video... You can hear that. A lot of wind yesterday. Typical for Wyoming. And if you're thinking, well, that doesn't sound like much, it wasn't. <clears throat> See, there's one young lady uh, all dressed in black. Uh, a lot of all these protesters had masks on, which, by the way, several people sent me notes. Did you notice they were all wearing face masks? I doubt that's because of COVID. Are you ashamed about what you... You got to hide your face? Okay, because, you know, terrorists hide their face, by the way. All right, but anyway, so I'm counting, and at most, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to go down the line here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think maybe ten. I count about ten people protesting. Okay. As far as where they came from, don't know. So there's 10 people out in front of this building. There's nobody walking up and down the street. It is a busy road, so there's cars going by, but, you know, nobody's really paying attention. It's one of those cases where nobody can really see what the signs say. In most cases, protesters of this level have no idea really how to protest. Most of the signs are completely unreadable especially to folks that are driving by at about 30 miles an hour in a car who are paying attention to the road. And they might, they'll see the protesters, but they won't be able to read what the protesting is about. Uh, there's a woman there with a megaphone. And most people can't understand what she's saying because they're in their car driving by at about 30 miles an hour is the speed limit there. And no one's really paying attention. You can't, it, driving by that would last just a couple of seconds. So nobody can understand what she's saying. So the signs are useless. Her megaphone is useless. There's about 10 people there. So what was the point of all of that? This is why I say if you're going to protest something, do it in a way that actually makes some kind of an impact because this actually is, I don't care about your 10 people wearing masks, standing there with unreadable signs, or your person with a megaphone that nobody can understand. That doesn't mean anything to anybody. So, you know, the, the whole exercise was completely pointless. See, Rhiannon for Danger. I watched it live. 
I was glad for the wind. I didn't have to mute. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that before with protesters when they grab a megaphone. I was I was in Washington, D.C. one time. There was some protesters marching down the streets, and there were two different guys with megaphones, and they were canceling each other out, so I couldn't understand what either of them were saying. Jay, my job interferes with my ability to protest. Yeah. Well, that's where I wonder, Jay, were these protesters, there are professional protesters. Were these protesters from out of town? If not, they're all really young. They look to be about college, young college age. So maybe college students that had the time to show? I don't know where they came from. It doesn't say in the story. Jim says the building will eventually become part of the new police department. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Well, all right. It's a nice building anyway. But, yeah, where they were was not a good place to be. Oh, oh, and by the way, the police department, that reminds me. At one point, they decide all to lay down, and this is for the news media, for the cameras. They all lay down and put sheets over their faces, and the sheets are covered in paint, which is supposed to look like blood. Okay. Because these people are so dangerous, the police department, and I'm very, I apologize to the gentleman in the way I'm about to describe him, because I would bet this is a really nice guy that I would like to get to know. The police department sent one older, probably near retirement, overweight police officer. Sorry, guy. That's what was standing there. One older, probably near retirement, overweight police officer standing there watching the whole thing. There. That's how much security was needed for these people. So for those who got upset, because several people sent me notes today going, God, with these protesters... The, to me, the moral of the story is the people that were there in Casper protesting don't matter. Okay, These are people who don't matter uh, uh, at all in any way that you can imagine. They don't matter. There's nothing that they're doing that makes a difference or matters at all. Okay, They accomplished absolutely nothing. Other than getting themselves on, you know, some news media. Hey, there are these protesters. Yeah, like maybe 10 people, 10 young people with no place better to be and nothing important to say. And one older, overweight cop standing guard just in case. So you see how much of a threat they were. Six, well, that's what I'm saying. Don't worry about them. 616 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Say. Wake up, Wyoming. Anywhere you do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Six twenty-four is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. I, I'm going to stick with this topic for just a moment more because of all the comments I'm getting. If you're just joining me, at Casper, Wyoming, there were some pro-Palestinian protesters. Now, I might have the number wrong, but all I can see is maybe 10 people that were there. Okay. They all, from what appearances, they're, they're covered up quite a bit. They're all wearing something black, and they all have face masks on. I'll get back to that in just a minute. And they all appear, from what I can tell, to be around college age, like young college. So that means no responsibilities yet. And also at a very incredibly impressionable and naive state in their life. So let's see, Red and Casper, I'm glad they were peaceful and they didn't block traffic. Yeah, I, 
I would have to agree with that. At least they're peaceful. They got out there and said, because they're allowed to go out and protest if they want. My point is how ineffective this is. This is completely useless. They did nothing. Okay, They made no point whatsoever. All right, but all right, let's take a look. And But they want to say it. Go ahead. They're also taking the side of terrorists. But hey, who am I? All right. Uh, Milo in Fort Danger, and they don't know the truth. David in Texas, they just need to get out of mom's basement. Jay and Casper, my job interferes with my ability to protest. Well, yeah, again, these look like college kids to me, young college kids. It's the impression that I get. So, again, a very naive, impressionable age. So I wonder who put this nonsense into their heads. College professor, something like that? I'm not sure. Did someone put this into their head in school? I would love to know that. Matthew is in Bill Wyoming. Hello, Matthew. Glenn with two ends. How are you doing this morning? Good, sir. What you got? Um, am I coming through okay? Yeah, you are. All right. There was something that was told to me when I was about 22 or 23 years old by a gentleman that was much older. And he said this. He said, it takes the ignorance and arrogance of youth to believe you have anything worthwhile to say that anybody would want to hear. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I... And that's all yeah. I need to think about that. Okay. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. No, he's right. Um, and the old guy that told you that was right. You reach an age... We all did this. We all did. You reach an age when you're really young and you really honestly do think you know everything. All right? And then as you get older, you begin to realize how foolish you were in your youth. All right, now, I'm, I'm still a very opinionated guy, but I can tell you the kinds of things I would have said to you when I was in my 20s compared to the kinds of things I will say to you now and what changed most of my opinions over the years was actual life experience. Right. So, yeah, when normally when I look at young people protesting, in most cases, I'm listening going, ooh, you really don't know what you're talking about, do you? Because they don't have enough information yet. That doesn't mean, and this is an important point, that doesn't mean that they're stupid. They just don't have enough information yet to do what they're doing. And part of that information is not just what they learned, because they're listening to their college professors to get this garbage. It's not just what they learned. It's what they've experienced. And if anything, if you're paying attention, if you are actually a smart person, as you get older, life experience starts to change your mind about things. So it's the more intelligent people who run into mistakes they make during the course of life and start changing their minds. All right, so let's go back to the protests again. As I take a look at where they were, first off, they're on a busy street between two buildings. Only advantage is there's a lot of cars going by, but there's not a lot of pedestrians. So nobody's really seen their signs. And most of their signs are unreadable anyway. So there's a big mistake there. They have signs that most of them are unreadable and most of them are, will not be seen because the driver driving by will see the protesters but won't know why they're protesting because they're busy paying it. I drive that little section of road every day. I drive it on the way to work and I drive it on the way home, right between those two buildings. If there were protesters off to the side when I was driving through, I would see them, but I wouldn't know what they were doing because I'm busy driving a very busy four-lane road lady with the microphone or with the megaphone she's got going there 
nobody could hear what she's saying, not just because of the wind, but because everybody's driving by. So what was the point of all of this? The nice, I, I think, what works out well for the rest of us is uh, here they did all of this work for what? Okay. And why wearing the face mask? Why the face mask? Are you ashamed of what you have to say? You have to put a face mask on to protest these days? A lot of protesters these days putting face masks on. Oh, they'll tell you because of COVID, which is add that to the list of lies. Coming up on 630, local news, weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Shower. Got something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Nine thirty-six. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. So, okay, a real quick Cowboy State Daily story I have for you. The story is about your rising utility rates, Rocky Mountain Power. According to your Congresswoman Harriet Hageman, will probably get about half the rate hike that it wants, and it wants close to thirty percent rate hike. Now, that's a, a guess on her part. Here's what the story says. While the Wyoming Public Service Commission said it will not likely have a hard and fast number as to how much Rocky Mountain Power rate increase they'll actually get, Representative Harriet Hageman suggests it'll only be about half of what they've asked for. Rocky Mountain Power had asked for a 21.9% overall increase and then a temporary 7.7% hike because suddenly natural gas prices spiked and then came back down and they need to cover that cost. Overall, that gets you kind of close to 30%. The Public Service Commission met Wednesday to discuss their order on the proposed hike. So after all of the hearings were done, then a lot of the public got a chance to chime in on that as well. And people, of course, were not happy about this. This is where the commission gets together and just goes through all of the numbers and tries to figure out, okay, well, how much do they get, if anything? Now, if they, if they don't get a number that satisfies Rocky Mountain Power, the power company can always try to go to court or something like that. We'll see how that works out, but okay. So Representative Hageman said, I don't know where uh, Representative Hageman's office... Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, from the Public Service Commission. I don't know where Representative Hageman's office is getting that number from, said the Public Service Commission. Like you heard in the meeting today, Rocky Mountain Power said they weren't ready to release that. They don't know. Okay, So Hageman is saying they're probably going to get about half, and people on the commission says, don't know where she got half from. Is it more than that? Is it less than that? We don't know. Asked by Cowboy State Daily for clarification how it determines rate hike, it would be about half or whatever. Hageman's office responded that it understands the commission hasn't come up with a final number, but the congresswoman was reacting to the wildfire story. Okay, so then the story goes on with some more detail about that. I would have to say that I think uh, your representative, Harriet Hageman, was just reacting, saying, oh, they'll get about half, but she doesn't know that for sure. I don't know that they'll get what they'll get either. Nobody does at this point. So we wait and see what they come up with as a recommendation. I, it, it comes down to they're going to get something. 
your rates are going to go up. That's for sure. And I'm with a lot of you. When we first started talking about this, we were all agreeing that close to 30% number is the top number that they ask for, knowing full well that they're going to be beaten down to a lower number. So they can't ask for what they actually want to get because we'll beat them down from there. So they have to take that highball number, knowing that they had to go through this to get it lowered. All right. This still comes back to, though, now on tomorrow's program, and I think it's, I have them for a whole half hour. Uh, Governor Gordon comes on this program Friday from 8.06 to 8.30. There's a lot of things he wants to talk about, and we'll talk about those things. But we will get up to utilities, and there will be a short little discussion on his whole idea of carbon sequestration. That's not going to be the bulk of it. And just so you know, I'm always the cordial host. Okay? I'm going to ask him some tough questions on this, but I'm never the guy who's a jerk about it. Okay? I just You don't get anything done that way. So we'll talk about things like he has budget ideas. He has a budget proposal out there. There's many things he wants to talk about. But we still have to talk about that, including the rate increase. Because every single state and country that's engaged in wind and solar and electric cars and subsidizing all of this and carbon sequestration and et cetera, et cetera, every single state in the United States and country across the planet has had less reliable energy at a much higher cost, and it's hurting them. And here in America, and even in Wyoming, we're going down the same road. And that's just got to stop. There's no excuse for this. Not when we have energy that is perfectly reliable. I mean, extraordinarily reliable energy at a very affordable price. On that note, and I'll get into it a little bit more, we're still trying to get them on the air, but it's uh, been difficult to get a hold of them. There is a gentleman I've told you about, Alex Epstein. He originally wrote The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. He has a new book out. He's also uh, founder and CEO of Center for Industrial Progress. He's going to be speaking in Casper, Wyoming, about the his new book, The Future of Fossil Fuel, Friday, December 1st at 6 p.m. So I'll be there for that for sure, but we're trying to get him on the air. That's someone I would like to have a nice conversation with our governor. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Frank, you and I fly from time to time. And I'm not talking about my personal plan. I mean, like on jets, cross country. Right? I, I just did it yeah. Tuesday. Just, just came back, and I'll be leaving Saturday on a plane. Okay. Okay, so I came across, somebody did a bit of a survey. Uh, 50% of men think they could land a passenger plane in an emergency. My brother is a... Pilots uh-huh. and uh, no, the answer is no. You cannot. Okay, now, that's I think mainly because we've been watching too many movies. Well, well you, yeah. you may land it. Yes. Where will you stop it? Yes. Okay. Now, so, so this, this is a very long it process. Is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Now, somebody asked me that a while ago because I don't fly a jetliner. Could I land a plane? And my thought was, as long as I have somebody who knows the airplane, 
in my headphones telling me, and now do this, now do that, I can do it. You have hours in the cockpit. Right. But in a These much smaller These clowns plane. who think they have but have most, zero. Yeah, most people will step behind and look, sit behind the yoke and look and have no idea what they're looking at. Okay. Yeah. But when I started seeing this study popping up all over the place on social media, I started to leave the following answer. Did you know that more and more passenger airplanes are having installed in them a red button? You push that button and the computer takes over. It finds the closest airport with a runway that can handle that length that the airplane needs. And the airplane will start to squawk the emergency code and it will just turn itself toward that runway and bring it in and land it. There's software that will land jets on, on a runway yeah. within three feet yeah. e- of either side of the center of the center. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So that brings us back to fifty percent of men think they can land a passenger plane. Fifty percent of men couldn't find the red button. As long as they know that red button is there, they so you're right. They I think about, find, they couldn't even find it. Well, no, it's easy. It's right there, up top, middle. I think fifty percent of the men out there know of that red button, and fifty percent don't. Yeah, yeah, press, yeah. Yeah, just what, what press. Is, what does this button do? Yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm at, I'm at the spaceport in Green River. Yeah. How did that yeah. happen? For the love of God, don't touch anything else. Yes, leave it alone. Yeah. Just go. And if anything, if you want to know how this is done, watch the movie Airplane. It explains everything. <laughs> exactly. College volleyball at the Division One level. The women Cowgirls will be in the National Invitational Volleyball Tournament, and they will be in a four-team pod at Northern Colorado and Greeley starting today. The Cowgirls draw South Dakota at 3 p.m., and UW comes in at 20 and 9. This will be the last postseason go-around for senior. And Casper Kelly Walsh High School grad Corin Carruth, who has 283 kills this season, which is third on the team. South Dakota is 18 and 10 on the year. This is a single elimination tournament, so if the Cowgirls win this afternoon, they'll take on either Northern Colorado or Valparaiso tomorrow night at 6 p.m. In men's junior college basketball from last night, L Triple C from Cheyenne narrowly lost a third-rated Salt Lake Community College 113 to 112 in overtime. The Golden Eagles were led by Brandon to show him with uh, 26 as they fall to 5 and 3 on the year. The L Triple C women beat C- the CSU club team their last time out 74-42, so they sit at 4 and 4 on the year. Both of the L Trip teams will take on North Platte, Nebraska on Friday. Casper College men's basketball team beat cooked their last time out 86-77 as Darius Robinson threw in 30 points for the T-Birds. Casper's 5-5 five and five on the year of the host Colorado Northwestern on Friday night. Casper College women crushed no college from Utah their last time out 92-63 so they're 5-2 and two on the year. Andy Sischler led the way for the T-Birds with 22. They will be in the Western Nebraska Tournament Scotts Bluff Friday and Saturday. In the NBA defending champion the Denver uh, the Nuggets led off to a 13-6 and six start after a 134-124 win over Houston last night in Colorado. Colorado. The Nuggets are 9-0 at home, and they were led by Nikola Jokic with 32. And in the National Hockey League, the Colorado Avalanche will be in Arizona tonight. The Azure 15-6 and lead the NHL Central Division. And golf Kelly Walsh player Josh Lane is signed with Eastern Wyoming College in Torrington. Lane was the 2002 4A state champion, and he won that tournament uh, in the, uh, on the very first playoff hole. He finished third at the 2023 4A state tournament that was held at the Powderhorn in Sheridan. And that's it in sports. Okay, so what ball? Explain the ball game. With well, you, they, they, we won't know till Sunday. Okay, Sunday is when we know who yeah. they're going to get. Who do you think they're going to get? They may actually pair them up with Ohio again. Oh, okay. And the team that they yeah. lost to in the Arizona Bowl. And right. I, I saw that at the, they, they would be in Boise against Ohio. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. I saw another prediction that they would be in the New Mexico Bowl taking on New Mexico State. 
I saw another one where they were going to be in the oh, Armed Forces Bowl in okay. Fort Worth playing somebody. So nobody knows. Yeah. No, no, it's it's, not. it's 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 a bit. Well, okay. it's, it's it, you know you have all these bowls and all yes. these pools of teams, and then there's a picking order. Okay, yes. You know, like well, then uh, okay. you know, like all right, well, so, they got that one. Let's take this one. This one. So we just wait till Sunday and yeah, find out yeah, what they're going to be. And when will this be played? Probably the second week of December, third oh, okay. week of December. Yeah. Okay, so you got time to third buy week of December. Yeah. In. Okay, oh, plenty of time. Yeah. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. Update on your weather forecast. Oh, and then 745, don't forget Don Day gives us a whole rundown. He and I talk about the weather, not in a boring way. It still changes coming, but, you know, subtle. We're just sort of slip sliding into winter. Nice and easy this year. Let's wake up Wyoming. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Thursday. I'm going to answer something that Frank and I were talking about. Then I'll get on to a real topic for you. But this is just for the fun of it. So I was telling Frank, and this is something going all over social media. For those people who like to do social media, you might see this up to at some point today. Somebody did a survey and about half the men out there, according to the, and you all don't trust surveys all that much, but about half the men out there think that if they were on an airliner and the pilots died and it was up to them to land the airplane, could they do it? And about 50% of men say, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. All right, a couple of things on that. One, airplanes today are being uh, set up with a big red button. It's at the middle of the console all the way at the top. And it's a big it's a big red button that you push and the airplane just selects the nearest airport that can handle a plane of that size, starts squawking an emergency code, and just heads that way. And air traffic controllers will clear traffic to let that airplane in, and the airplane will just land itself. So we have computers today that can do that. Now not all airplanes have those, but they're working on it. When I say all airplanes, I mean specifically passenger airplanes. But they're working on it. Okay, so what I fly is a small four-seater Cessna 172. The question that I was at by Frank is, could I do it? Well, okay, first off, several people have messaged me, texted me on the Wake Up Wyoming app saying that they right away thought of the movie Airplane. So did I. And it's one of my favorite all-time movies. I think one of the funniest movies made in the history of funny movies is the movie Airplane. I love that movie. But okay. Let's say I was in a plane that did not have one of those auto land buttons. Because I know what that button looks like. I could just go hit that button and not worry about it. Okay, the plane will take care of itself. But... Let's say the airplane didn't have that button. Now, I'm going to be flying to visit my family on Saturday. I fly out of Wyoming. I'm heading down to Florida to visit family for a week. 
So we'll say that if you watch the movie Airplane, they both had the fish. And so both pilots are done. They're out. They're gone. They've been dragged off. The seats are empty. All right. What do I do? Well, first off, I go ahead and sit down in the pilot seat. I put the headphones on. That I know how to do. Step two, I reach over to the squawk box. I know what that looks like. And I just change the squawk code to 7700, which is the emergency frequency that immediately lets air traffic control know, oh, that airplane's in trouble. Now I have priority. I know on the yoke what the microphone switch looks like. So I get on the microphone and I just tell air traffic control, just like the movie Airplane, they both had the fish, they're out, <clears throat> it's me. I'm sorry I only fly a little four-seater Cessna, but uh, you can talk me through this. So, step one, we're on autopilot. The airplane is flying a course to where it's supposed to go. In which case, they might just tell me, don't touch anything, just let it keep doing that. Okay. So, you see, for most of the flight, I don't have to do anything because it's just taking us to our destination anyway. Now, here's modern technology for you. As we get closer, they're going to say, okay, descend to this altitude. Up on the top of these modern uh, passenger planes, there's a rack up there of equipment. And it's very easy to use. All I have to do is change the altitude setting. I go up, there's a little roller. I go up with my finger and I roll it down to whatever altitude they said. They'll probably have me pull the throttle back. You know what the throttle looks like, right? Because the plane's going to descend, so we slow it down just a bit, and it'll do it automatically. Some airplanes have auto throttle, so if I tell it to descend, it automatically slows down. Depends on what I'm in. But okay, I, I tell it to go to a different altitude, and I pull the throttle back a bit. All right. So far, so good, right? As we continue to get closer to the airport, and again, the course is preset. At some point, they're going to tell me, okay, we want you to, to fly the following approach. Now, there's a box off to my right. Down, I reach down to my right. And that box has a little keypad on it. All you got to know is how to use that box. If you don't, they'll talk you through it. I sort of know. I'll have a few questions. But all I have to do is, it's a computer. Select the proper approach and hit enter. And the plane is now flying the approach. All passenger jetliners do it this way. When the plane is flying in to land you at the airport, it's not the pilot flying it. It's the pilot telling the computer, fly approach number whatever. He enters it and the plane just does it. All the pilot has to do is watch how fast he's going, maybe slow the plane down a bit. And at some point, they'll tell me, since somebody's talking me through this, so flaps 20. So I drop the flaps to 20%. I know, what the, I know what flaps look like. I know what that controller looks like. I can reach over and drop the flaps to 20. At some point, they'll tell me you're slow enough to drop the gear. So drop the gear. I know what that looks like. So I can reach over and drop the gear. See, I, I, I've never flown a big jet, but I know what these things look like, okay, because of what little training I've had compared to an airline pilot. Here's the only part that's going to be really tough. See, so far this is easy, right? Because I, I know what these things look like, and I know how to manipulate them. And the computer does most of the work.
Here's the hard part. At some point, we're close enough to the runway that I'm going to have to push this little button. It's on the left side of the yoke. It's a red button that disengages the autopilot because now I have to touch down. That's the hard part. I'm going to have to, as we descend down at an angle, I pull up and round it out so we're heading straight down the runway, not angling down to the runway, but now heading straight down the runway. That's where I'm going to need someone in my headphones saying, okay, start your round out now, reduce your speed to the following, okay, reduce your speed all the way, throttle back to idle. That I can do, I just need somebody to tell me when. Because the little plane I fly is only four seats, not a passenger plane. There's a big difference here. So they got to tell me when to round out and when to pull the throttle back, okay? Still landing a small plane in the big plane, it's the same thing. It's the same process. It just is going to feel a lot di- really different. So can I give you a touchdown if you're a passenger in the back? Yes. I am not going to promise you a smooth touchdown. But I can still bring the plane down. As long as the guy in the headphone is telling me when to round it out and when to pull the throttle back, the rest I can do. I'm just not going to promise a smooth landing. Okay. So can a guy with, this has been a question, with minimal training, like me, land an airliner? As long as he has someone in his headset helping him out, yes, because the computer does most of the work most of the way. Which is why more and more airplanes these days, especially the bigger jetliners, they don't all have it yet, but they're, they're working on it, are getting that button where you can just reach up. A, a stewardess would probably do it. Oh, my God, both the pilots had the fish. They're both out. And she will just reach up and push that red button, and it's all going to happen automatically. Nobody has to do anything. So because of modern computer technology... We have eliminated the need for a passenger to land an airplane or some schmuck like me to give it a go. Okay. It's not necessary, which unfortunately means we cannot do a remake of the television or the of the great movie Airplane, which is one of the funniest movies ever made. Because back in those days it actually took a person to manually do everything. Back in the era, it was in the 70s when that movie was made. And a pilot really did have to manually do just about everything. With today's computers, not so much. So could you learn to land an airplane? Yeah, you actually could. Because you have so much computer assist these days, you could with some training. Thank God they invented that button. 716, wake up. He's talking to himself in a padded room, and you could be the voice in his head. Join the conversation on Wake Up Wyoming, 866-97-WOODS. 721's the time. Wake Up Wyoming just got this message from Nunn and Casper. By the way, people, you can call the show, 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So you can do that. But there's also people who text me. So you go to your app store for whatever mobile device you use. Download the Wake Up Wyoming app. Just go to your app store, type in Wake Up Wyoming. It's free. One of the options you'll see is chat. When I'm on the air, you can go ahead and type in chat. And I respond both on and off the air. So Nunn and Casper, 
writes, and, and he says no, because you can give yourself a name. I see his real name here, but some people use like a CB handle when they talk to me and make up a name, and that's kind of fun too. He says, Rocky Mountain Power put a flyer in my November bill entitled Wyoming Rate Request. The fact that states that they have been charging 7.6% cost adjustment to customers since July without final approval. It also states that natural gas costs have increased 89% and costs have increased another 38% over market power costs. And then there's other costs like 199% for this or that cost. They, they also state that without wind, and this I completely reject, without wind and other renewable resources, there's no such thing as renewable power. Yeah, that's a name that's false. But anyway, rates would have increased another 60%. I reject that idea. Look, the reason that we have so much wind and solar is mostly because of all the subsidies. These are not exactly profit-making endeavors here, wind and solar. So I reject. They do get a lot of, a lot of subsidies through wind and solar, a lot. But if the subsidies dry up, you know what happens next, right? Now, the next story I have on that, again, Cowboy State Daily, Wyoming coal mine says federal roadblocks force layoffs of 15% of workforce. 19 coal workers, says the story, in southwest Wyoming are facing unemployment as the holiday season hits full throttle. Blackview Coal Company and East Rock Springs confirmed to Cowboy State Daily on Wednesday that it has laid off 19 workers this week. The layoffs drew attention of Governor Mark Gordon and Cynthia Lummis and Representative Harriet Hageman, all who issued statements blaming President Joe Biden's anti-organic fuel policies for the terminations. Quote, today, we are unfortunately witnessing the tragic reality of President Biden's Green New Deal agenda, and my heart breaks for the 19 Blackview Coal Company employees losing their jobs, Lummis said. Their hard work helps, helps keep the lights on. Yeah. And by the way, we'll help keep us warm in wintertime, too. But all right. Biden has been, the story says, outspoken about his conservation-based energy policies since taking office in an effort to fight climate change. The results of these policies are generally meant more regulation and less approval for organic fuel projects and leases that have uh, was seen under former President Donald Trump's administration. So the story says the layoffs will reduce Black Butte's total workforce by roughly 15% uh, from 132 to 113. Breaks my heart, said Steve Gilly, the mine manager. Gilly said the layoffs are the result of a refusal from the Biden administration to allow the business to expand its operations with federal coal reserves. Black Butte originally applied with the Department of Interior and the Office of Mining and Environment. Although it received original lease approval in 2017 and a permit in 2021, the momentum on getting final... Think about how long this takes. They got original lease approval in 2017 and a permit from the state in 2021. Uh, Federal coal reserves expanded the mine 963 acres uh, since Biden took office. They can't seem to get that. Gill said no noticeable progress of any kind. So they, they want to expand so they can continue supplying coal. Not allowed to do that. Can't And, and again, rules and regulations by the Biden administration not allowing us to do this, which is why... 
you hear me opposing things like in Wyoming, carbon sequestration is because it doesn't matter how much we sequester carbon. This is still going to happen. Because remember what Biden said. Not just when he was running for president, but after he took office. He plans to shut all of this down. His whole point is to shut all of this down. Now, the story goes on to talk about less demand and so on. Uh, the, the problem with that part of the story from Cowboy State, yes, there is less demand for coal in the United States because the Biden administration is trying to shut down coal power plants. Again, no matter what we do, they want to shut these things down. Doesn't matter if we sequester carbon or not. They want to shut these things down. That's the end game for them. Meantime, on the ridiculously large television they have in the studio here next to me, I've been watching that uh, COP28, which is basically the climate, the World Climate Conference. Number 28 is on television right now as they begin that latest climate conference. And what's funny to me is these people have had 28 meetings, and yet really they haven't achieved much of any goals. They've achieved some, but mostly not. As I've explained to you before, the world is using more coal, gas, and oil than ever before, not less. India plans to massively increase their coal usage by about 60% in the next few years. By about 60% in the next few years. China is building more power plants than ever before. And in plans to increase its coal uses more than ever, even more than India. And that's just China and India. There's other countries around the world using more coal, gas, and oil. Yet here in America, where we have it in such abundance, you would think... See, we used to be this capitalist country. Now we are capital-ish. Not capitalist, but capital-ish. It's, it's really tough because in a true free market, these companies would be able to do whatever they need to do to satisfy the marketplace. But when you got government involved with you, well, government is not so interested in satisfying the marketplace, is it? And that's why this just isn't working out. When a business sees, hey, we could expand our minds, I bet you these, I really, I bet you these coal companies would actually be expanding and hiring more employees and selling more coal, not just here in America, but worldwide. Because there are countries out there that want our coal right from Wyoming because it's such good quality coal. So they could be expanding their minds and selling more than ever before, but, uh, well... Here comes government for you, and this is what government does. Takes progress and shuts it down. Coming up on 7.30, so we have local news coming your way right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again after that. At 7.45, Don Day is going to talk with us about your extended weather forecast and some changes. It's going to be a bit colder today than it's been the past couple of days. And then at 8.06, I have a Wyoming geologist on. The, the different kind of topic. He's going to be speaking in Wyoming, but uh, he has a YouTube page, which I follow. Uh, it's going to be interesting conversation, but that's at 8.06 this morning. So wake up, Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shower. Where Wyoming comes to talk. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS.
736 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, this story doesn't surprise me. In fact, I think earlier this week I might have said something very similar to this. There are those people who are homeless, and you've seen them around. If you're some, some of the towns in Wyoming, some of you have seen the homeless in your area. Depends on where you live, but some of the bigger communities, yeah. So where do these people go when it starts getting colder like it is now? Well, some of them, well, they just follow the geese south with the wind. But there's others. They're from here. They don't know where else to go. They're from here. So what do they do when the temperatures really drop? Headline, Cowboy State Daily. Wyoming man accused of threatening to kill a deputy so he could stay in a warm jail. Well, that's uh, <clears throat> one solution there. I... Accused of attacking sheriff's deputies and threatening to kill them so he could go to prison and have a warm place to live. And the irony of the name. A Hot Springs County, see, man faces up to 11 years in prison. That's 11 winters. Nice. The criminal case, a 51-year-old man, uh, felony level Hot Springs County District Court. Okay, so the Hot Springs County deputy charged him November 6th with one felony account of interfering with police by trying to cause bodily injury and misdemeanor charges. And it goes through all the different... He tried several things. The felony, he could get up to 10 years for that and a $10,000 fine. He doesn't have the money. If I were him, I wouldn't pay the $10,000. That means he gets to stay in jail longer if he doesn't pay it. The investigation... You know, I one time heard of a story. A guy was already in prison for life because of murder. While in prison, he killed somebody else. And so the judge gave him another life sentence, so it's two life sentences, plus a $10,000 fine. And I'm thinking, if I were him, I wouldn't pay the fine. What are you going to do? Jail me longer than two life sentences? But all right. And the investigation started Sunday afternoon, County Road between Thermopolis and Batizzi. Hot Springs County responded to the home of a man with domestic disturbance. Gee, go figure. Who's, what a surprise. And Bradford told dispatch that a woman on his property was intoxicated, out of control, yeah, that he feared for his life. Okay, but it goes through the whole story. Then the police arrive on the scene uh, they went to talk to the woman. Bradford slurred his words when he showed up uh, with disjointed logic and bloodshot eyes. Gee, do you think he's had a few? Affidavit says he agreed to a preliminary breath test. Now, I think when it comes to a breath test, for you police officers, correct me, you have these devices where they can go ahead and breathe into the device. By the way, when this guy arrives, he's driving, so, you know. But you want him to breathe into this device. I would just say, let the guy walk up, get in your face, and go, <sighs> what does that smell like to you? Because in certain cases, you could probably arrest him right there. Okay, so anyway, um, it then gets into the dispute. Okay, so warmer jail. Then came the warnings and alleged threats. The affidavit said uh, he... Well, okay, it talks about how he doesn't trust anyone, how he lives sort of alone in the area. It's getting below 32 degrees. It's getting cold in that county. It really is. They've had some snow out there, too. So, okay, that's when he starts to threaten police officers. And, and the story goes on. Oh, a taser? Wait, there's a taser. They hopped into the back of the ambulance. 
enter the back of the ambulance. He had uh, control of the taser and had put distance between himself and the police officer. Okay. So he, he tries to get control of the police officer's taser, gets it for a bit. Oh, this guy really intends to go to jail for a while. This, this guy's cold. The more I look, the stories on Cowboys Say Daily, if you want all of the gory details, but really this guy's cold. So he wants to make sure that he doesn't just get arrested for a night or two. He wants to be there for a while. Now, what does he get out of this? A nice warm cell, three square meals, television time. Hey, he's got some weights if he wants to work out. So what he needs to do is make sure he doesn't have a lawyer. If he wants to continue with this, make sure he doesn't get a lawyer. He needs to represent himself. You've heard this. Whoever represents himself has a fool for a client. Okay, sounds perfect. He needs to represent himself and be just the biggest idiot he can in front of the judge and go for the longest possible sentence. There. That'll keep him in there for a nice long time. Reminds me, I've never really watched many episodes, but the television show Mayberry. Remember the drunk guy who used to just come staggering in, and he would just go ahead and lock himself into the jail cell. Why bother waiting to get arrested? Maybe that's what we need to do. Just set up some do-it-yourself jail cells for these guys. 742, wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. 745 is the time. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Dayweather. So, uh, Don, my sister sent a picture of herself on her morning walk where it was a whole, like, 65 degrees or something like that. I sent a screenshot of the 17 degrees it was when I arrived at work today. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, um, I, did she survive 65? I, I know that could have been tough. Yes. Yeah, so she was wearing a big, heavy you know, coat with a hood over the top and so on. I'll be walking with her this next week in shorts while she's wearing all of that. Well, there you go. Yeah, we get used to this kind of stuff. Now, on that note, is it's a bit colder today. It is, and it will be colder for the next couple of days. The storm system down in New Mexico is helping to draw in some colder air from from the great white north and bring it down into the region. But it's just colder today and tomorrow. There's really not a lot going on for the next 48 hours. Things begin to change, though, over the weekend with those very strong and moist jet stream winds we discussed yesterday. Okay, and it's a little bit of a, a yo-yo temperature-wise. Nothing dramatic, but I notice there's a little bit of an up and down over the next week here. Well, yeah, and those those up temperatures this weekend, and they're going to vary really widely depending on where you are. But a little bit of a Chinook effect as the winds pick up. When it gets windy, it gets warmer, and so that, that'll happen. But we're not going to have big swings through the weekend. Now, after some unsettled weather this weekend, some mountain snow, a few snow showers in the plains, some strong winds. There's a good part of next week where high pressure comes right back on in. Okay. Uh, so uh, there's a good part of next week where the weather looks pretty good again before okay. it changes by next weekend. It's not bad. That now, I, I do see, though, that it's going, because of the winds over the next few days, it's going to feel a lot colder than it really is. Yeah, the wind will do that. Yeah, okay. So now, and, and I think it looks like the usual suspect areas, watch like I-25 and I-80. Any east side of the mountain range. Yeah. yeah, and those usual spots, the I-25 corridor, uh, Muddy Gap near Cody mm. and Clark, and then uh, those those normal windy areas along Interstate 80 and 90, and I-25 is what you be, need to be ready for. Okay, now as for the snow, is that mostly high country? 
Mostly high country. Now, the one thing that you always got to be really careful in this type of pattern is you'll sometimes get snow showers that are able to maintain themselves off the mountain slopes. Um, and you get these s- snow showers that can pop up, um, especially near the high country and, and work their way out into the plains. So you always have to watch that. It's not one of these where everybody gets snow or it's widespread, but little snow showers. This is something that if you're in and near the high country uh, or downwind of a mountain range, that is something, especially Saturday night and the Sunday morning, if you're traveling, um, you're going to have some wind, but you may encounter a couple of these snow showers as well. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. Okay. Well, not all that bad. Sounds like next week it actually warms up a little bit for you guys. Speaking of which, Icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. It's cold in here, man. Yeah, it is. Well, it's always cold never yeah. when you are there. I give you two choices. Okay. Either the UFO in Lander or the mayor who got his car stolen again. I'll take the mayor. Okay. So we go down to Colorado for this. This is the mayor of Denver. Okay. Yeah. So one of the biggest growing tens, Colorado trends here, says the amount of cars that are stolen in the state just because you're holding a seat in government, like you know, uh, the police chief or the mayor or something. You're, you're not immune. Now, mayor of Denver had his vehicle stolen last month, and then a spokesperson for the mayor's office said the vehicle was stolen. It was October 28th at around 6:09. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a car back, and then it's stolen again. How would you like? You're the mayor, for Pete's sakes, of hey, does, Denver. Does it, doesn't the mayor have a security detail on the block that he lives on? You would think. That's what I would think. Where exactly is he parking his vehicle that it's open to being stolen? In front of his house? <laughs> or, you know... Yeah. Story so, says so, some sketchy neighborhood. I I, I, don't, I don't know. know. But normally speak, this is normally speaking. Wouldn't there there have to be some Denver police officer on his block twenty four hours a day? I think now the the first time his car was stolen, the mayor of Denver was at Office Depot. Well, they're not going to follow him around. No, I think that's the problem is he wasn't where. Now, you figure when if he parks at City Hall, it ought to be good there. Because I think if the headline said that the mayor's car was stolen while he was at City Hall, that would really be a, a screaming headline. But even the mayor of Denver has to go on some personal business on the way home. You know, the wife wants him to pick up some milk on the way back or whatever the heck. So he might pull into some place where it. What kind of car does he drive? I oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if they, they found his car at the Grizzly Rose Bar? Oh. With, with, and all of his yeah. tires are gone, and it's up on cinder blocks? Uh-huh. Then he got the car <laughs> back, and then they stole it, and they put it back at the Grizzly Rose again. See, now, what, we actually have listeners down there, Frank, and you're getting them really excited and giving them ideas. Good. Because now, people, I, I want to know, because you've got me thinking about this. Uh, follow the mayor around to find out where he really does go in his off time. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you got to kind of work. Because like you said, is all of Denver a bad neighborhood or did he drive into a bad neighborhood? Or a strip joint. Okay. See? that Now, at that point, you figure, does he lose his job over that or does that help his reelection bid? I'm not but, sure. Uh, it's Denver. Yeah, yeah, you it's, don't it's know. It's either way, yeah. 
College volleyball at the Division I level, the women Cowgirls will be in the National Invitational Tournament. And they will be in a four-team pod at Northern Colorado and Greeley starting today. Cowgirls draw South Dakota at 3 p.m. this afternoon. UW comes in at 20-9. and This will be the last postseason go-around for a senior. And Casper Kelly Walsh High School grad Corin Carruth, who had 283 kills this season, and that is third on the team. South Dakota is 18-10 and on the year. This is a single elimination tournament if the Cowgirls win this afternoon. They'll take on Northern Colorado or Valparaiso tomorrow night at 6 p.m. In men's junior college basketball from last night, LCCC from Cheyenne narrowly lost to third-rated Salt Lake Community College, 113-112 in overtime. Golden Eagles were led by Brandon Tashoya with 26 as they fall the 5-3 on the year. The LCCC women beat the CSU club team their last time out, 74-42, so they're 4-4 on the year. Both of the LCCC teams will take on North Platte, Nebraska on Friday. Casper College men's basketball team beat McCook, Nebraska, their last timeout 86-77. Darius Robinson threw in 30 for the T-Birds. Casper's 5-5. Five five. They will host Colorado Northwestern from Rangeley on Friday night. Casper College women crushed no college from Utah their last timeout 92-63 so they're 5-2 on the year. Andy Schisler led the way for the Birds with 22. They will be in the Western Nebraska Tournament in Scotts Bluff Friday and Saturday. In the NBA defending champion Denver was off to a 13-6 start with a 134-124 win over Houston last night in Colorado. The Nuggets are 9-0 at home they are led in scoring by Nikola Jokic with 32. In the National Hockey League, the Colorado Avalanche will be in Arizona tonight. The Avs are 15-6 and and lead the Central Division. In golf, Kelly Walsh player Josh Lane is signed with Eastern Wyoming College in Toynton. Lane was the 2002 4A State champion as he won the title in a playoff uh, and then finished third at the 2023 4A State tournament at the Powder Horton Sheridan. That's it in sports. You got me wondering now, so you're talking about this uh, golf player. Every so often you give us some stats on Wyoming players that went off to play professional football. Yeah. Any professional golfers? There, there are. Um, Easton Paxton okay. uh, from Riverton, I believe, played uh, on the pro circuit. Jordan Costello from Pinedale played on the on the pro on the pro circuit to, you know, maybe not not the actual PGA thing, but but, but one level lower. Yeah. Um, golf is a hard yeah. It's yeah. a hard thing to make money at. You have to be literally a scratch golfer or less and do it all the time against a field of golfers that is just like you, yes. if, if not better. It's been a few years, but I watched something on television a while ago where these pro golfers come from. And dear Lord, the grueling work they have oh. to do, traveling the country, going to tournament after tournament to try to make something of themselves. Wow, you really need to be dedicated to this. It's like 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 the bowlers. They used to just you know put a bunch of bowling balls in, yeah. their, in their trunk and just drive around drive and see if they can qualify for pro tournaments. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on... Yeah, that's a tough life. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. Now, I'm going to start next hour with someone that I like to follow on YouTube. He's a geologist from Wyoming who will be speaking soon here in Wyoming as well really interesting guy to talk to and then we'll get back into news and open phones and all of that so wake up wyoming shower Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So I'm going to put news and all of that aside for just a moment to talk about something that I 
love doing it now that I'm in Wyoming and have been for quite a few years now. When I first got to Wyoming, I moved to, to the Gillette area. And as I pulled into Gillette, I saw a butte. And first off, didn't know the name of that. Being a Florida boy, you know, it's primarily flat in Florida, especially on the islands I grew up on, just flat. And I looked at that and thought, why? All right, and then as I traveled around the state, now my family's got a cabin in the Carolina mountains, so we get to see what mountains look like, things like that. But as I continue to drive around Wyoming, I would look at the landscape and think, but why? How? Some On a few occasions, several occasions, I turned to friends of mine and said, I didn't know that the earth did that. So I started to pick up books on geology. What's nice also is today, if you go to YouTube, there's all sorts of different members of the scientific community. Pick your science study. And these people are posting their own videos directly. Like, for example, one I fire, uh, I follow, Myron Cook is a Wyoming geologist who travels the state and does, well, beyond the state too, but does a lot of geological videos on those questions of why. Myron, it is good to finally talk to you after watching every one of your videos, some of them more than once. Wow, I'm impressed, Glenn. You uh, to do that. Uh, I'm wondering if you need some more things to do in your life. Uh, that many of my <laughs> I, de- I definitely do. Yeah, but no, it really. You've been to some places in Wyoming where I would sit there. You and I have sat in some of the same exact places, and I've sat there and looked at, let's say, a wall somewhere, and thought, now how in the world, and why those different stripes, why the different colors and consistency and material, and I'm trying to picture. You know, the, the reasons for this, and I realize, but you tell me, you're the geologist, obviously. This seems to be, geologically speaking, one of the best places for a guy like you, a geologist. There's so much exposed here, and it's so interesting. Can you imagine living someplace that's better than Wyoming? No, I can't. You know, I've had great opportunity in my career. You know, I recently retired, but in my career, I traveled the world looking at geology and studying geology. Uh, the place that comes to mind that's competitive with Wyoming would be uh, Argentina. But Wyoming, for me, has it all. And I was just fortunate enough to be born in the Bighorn Basin. And, you know, some of my viewers have commented that, you know, the geology chose you, Myron. Uh, You didn't choose geology because somehow we had this connection, right, with the land. But uh, one of the main reasons I, I want to educate people about geology on my YouTube videos, is, especially here in Wyoming, is as you travel about, as you've mentioned that you've done, and you see things, or you're hiking or hunting or whatever it might be, uh, it adds some depth to your experience. You know, maybe you're driving along the highway and you see, see the butte that you're talking about. And with some basic geologic information, uh, you can start to wonder and think about possibilities as to why that butte was there or is there. And even if you're wrong, it really doesn't matter, I tell my viewers. It's the process. It's the fun of thinking about maybe there are four options for why that particular butte is there or why the, or the, why the Laramie Mountains look the way they do or why Casper Mountain. Uh, has different rock layers on one side versus another. You know, all these different things that you can think about as you uh, do your activities outdoors. Yeah. Now, if people wanted to cheat, there's times that you'll start a video and you'll show us something, 
and I look at it and think, okay, you're going to tell us why it's that way. If I wanted to cheat, I could skip to the end of the video and get the answer. Or I can hang through the video as you explain your process. And there is, I think, a process. You know, some people obviously will have more of a talent for it than others. But I think there's a process that everybody can learn so they can look at the landscape and try to piece together how it got the way it was. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think that's one of the reasons. I get lots of comments about um, about that very thing, about enjoying the, the thought process, which is really the scientific method. It's no big uh, secret as to what the scientific method is. It sounds complicated. But if you go along with me, <clears throat> excuse me, on a video, and just it's just really... Uh, a critical thought process and and thinking about different options and what you would expect you know to see with these various ideas it's just sorting through ideas really is what it comes down to now wyoming has been or the place we now call wyoming has been through so much geologically speaking i mean from being underwater at one point to being way up where we are now when we take a look at all of the different layers here, why is specifically this area so exposed with so much for us to see and learn compared to other places that I've lived? Well, there are two parts to that. One is the geologic history uh, where you've had uh, collisions and, and the folding of the mountains and the landscape and the uplift of the landscape to erode it, to reveal much of the geology versus, say, is Texas. Uh, you go to Texas, West Texas, there's some really amazing geology, but it's all buried. It hasn't been eroded and revealed for us to enjoy. So Wyoming has that. And then, of course, the second part is that it's a desert. So you don't have it all covered with trees. You go back uh, back east and say, Pennsylvania, it's really spectacular geology, but it's really hard to see. You have to be pretty committed to yeah. to figure out what's going on because it's so covered with vegetation. That's the same thing what I said I mentioned our my family's got a cabin in the Carolina mountains, stunningly beautiful mountains, but so heavily vegetated it's very difficult to see while here it's exposed. And you mentioned we're more of a desert state, but we weren't always a desert, were we? No, that's true. Just about, you know, 50 million years ago, uh, Wyoming was subtropical. It never froze. You, know, you think about the, the temperature differentiation, you know, it was 20 below here last winter here where I live in the Bighorn Basin uh, versus never freezing. You know, that's a lot of temperature. What is that? That's uh, 50 degrees or so. Um, so, yeah, and we had the subtropic, you know, Early primates, lemurs, early hippos, early cam uh, cam camels, and all kinds of animals running around here in Wyoming. So, yeah, it's really hard to imagine. And, and that was for geologists not very long ago at all. Yeah. And that's one of the keys uh, that also I try to communicate with people is, is try to think of time. Even me, uh, I deal with it all the time. I still, I'm confident I really don't understand the amounts of time that pass. One way I try to do that is like, let's say uh, for Casper Mountain, many of your listeners will be familiar with Casper Mountain. Uh, the the core of it, you know, the high peaks when you get into the granite and 
and some of the harder rocks up there in the heights is about two and a half billion years old. And nobody can understand how big a number that is. But if I tell you if you had a book with a one page per year, just one page per year for a book, so you had a book with two and a half billion pages, how thick would the book be? And it's fun for to give people a chance to think about, hmm, a book with two and a half billion pages, how thick? And invariably, they all come up way, 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 way short. Hmm. In reality, that book would be about 200 miles thick. Wow. Okay, now we're, we're talking about various rock layers and so on that we see here, different kinds of soils and so on. And even, of course, when we come across uh, little bits and pieces of ancient life that we find from time to time. But Wyoming is also energy-rich, and it's very diverse how energy-rich, including even rare earth minerals, not just coal, gas, and oil, and things like that. Where does all that come from? Well, the thing I'm most familiar with is the petroleum system. So for hydrocarbons, uh, it depends where you're at in the state. Uh, over in the western part of the state, in the Bighorn Basin, the, most of the petroleum actually migrates clear from dominantly right around the Idaho-Wyoming border. So it, it gets in a rock layer. It's very deep, these uh, uh this material that's buried and, and generates oil is buried deep, and it gets in a rock layer that it can flow along through, kind of like groundwater does, and it goes clear to there. Now, over near Casper, as you get into the Powder River Basin to the north, it's all generated locally from layers that are buried within the basin itself. Um, and the geologists know which layers those are that to that actually have organic material within them that when they're buried generates oil. So those are two two areas in the in the Denver Basin, which come, creeps into Wyoming, is similar to the powder in that that it's generated within the basin itself. Doesn't sound to me like for a guy who just said he was retired, you're not really retiring well. It sounds like you just you just keep going. <laughs> Well, I love geology, and uh, I noticed during the pandemic, <clears throat> I was kind of locked up. You know, here in Wyoming, it was a little more free, but I wasn't in Wyoming. I was in Saudi Arabia at the time. Uh, I spent the last five years of my career there, and <clears throat> I just started noticing that on YouTube, uh, I felt that uh, there there was a lot missing and geology for the general public. So I thought, you know, this would be fun to do. So I just started doing it, and it's been, you know, been surprisingly popular. I started this only about uh, two years, a little less than two years ago. Right now I have people watch my channel about uh, 1,500 hours a day. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a weird world out there to yeah. think of that, but that's well, the way it is. So if people want to find your YouTube page, how do they do that? If they just go to YouTube and put my name, Myron Cook, M-Y-R-O-N, Cook, uh, it'll come up. And they'll, you'll be able to see me, and, and there's a lot of Wyoming geology that I cover. Okay. 
I'm looking forward to the next video. And I still want to get with you. I have some friends who are also watching your videos. I've talked to you about uh, getting one of those pontoon boats and going up Alcova, going right up through the canyon there, and just sitting back and letting you explain it to us. Because I've gone, watching your videos, I've learned a lot, but I still have a lot of questions about Alcova, which I know geologists just absolutely love that area. There's so much going on there. So maybe we can get together in the spring and do that. Yeah, that would be fun. All that right. would be a good time. Well, good to finally talk to you. Thanks for coming on this morning, Martin. I appreciate it. You're welcome, and have a good day. Yeah, it's 818 Wake Up Wyoming Council. Glenn Woods, he talks to you, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Eight twenty-three is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Okay, finally, now that I'm done with the guest, thanks for indulging me in that because I've been wanting to talk to that guy for a while. It's open phones, the most dangerous portion of the program every day. Morning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven. what's the phone number? That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject, fine by me. So about a year ago, over in Alcova, Wyoming, which is, of course, a beautiful reservoir. And they have this marina, or had a marina that was there, which I would go to on a regular basis. And uh, they, they had boats to rent, things like that. Nice restaurant, ice cream shop uh, for those people who like to hit the bar. It's there, too. So many things right there at the marina. Really good uh, shop. If you're going to Alcova, that would be a definite must-stop. And there's so much to experience at Alcova. But then it burned down. Yeah, didn't it do it? I'll see if I can find it in the story here. I think it burned down right on, what was it, right on Christmas or something like that. But anyway, I'll, I'll see this in the story. Oil City News. Community members could be offered up to a $5,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of whoever's, oh, it was July 4th. Whoever's responsible for the July 4th arson at Alcova Marina Building. Oh, so they've determined it was arson. Well, I was under the impression when the thing burned down, and now that I remember right, yeah, it was July 4th that it burned down, and what a horrible time because that's their busiest weekend right there. That's a real moneymaker for them, and the, the place burns down right when so many people were enjoying the 4th of July weekend. And I wondered what happened. Did some employee leave something on? There's so many different possibilities. Uh, by the way, I went to visit because I had still with some friends. Uh, we had a, a boat, a pontoon boat we had rented. And that was still going on, even though the marina was, the building was burned down. They still had the boats to rent, so they can still do some business. So we still went out. When I got there, I got some pictures taken. There was a pickup truck that was parked in the parking lot near where the fire was. And one entire side of the pickup truck Anything that was plastic had melted and dripped, too. Oh, it was wild looking. I got some pictures of that. That was really wild looking. All right. 
The incentive, let me see, uh, being offered by the ATF and fire in, uh, Cheyenne Field Office in conjunction with the Natrona County Sheriff's Office. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Farms and Explosives Denver Field Division has classified the fire as incendiary, meaning that the act featured willing ignition of fire under the circumstances. So, in other words, somebody did it intentionally. Again, I didn't expect that as an answer. I thought maybe something shorted out. Somebody left something on. So it says anyone with information, not yet reported, encourage to contact them. And then it gives the numbers and so on where to contact someone. Over the last several months, Natrona County Sheriff's investigators have worked in tandem with the highly trained investigators at the ATF and Natrona County Fire District and so on. In the immediate hours following the fire, the Natrona County response team provided a response that spanned nearly eight days of investigation, bringing equipment and experienced people in. So they say they have received many tips and valuable information and is continuing an active joint investigation on the incident. The office extends its gratitude and yada yada to those people out there. Okay. So that's the other part that kind of got me. So they have some information during the course of the investigation. I would really like to know. July 4th is when this happened. It turns out they think it's arson. I'd really like to know what information they have. We'll find out, I guess, if... And again, asking for anyone who has information, here's 5000 bucks for you. Uh, okay, maybe that'll... I wonder how they set the price. You ever think about how they set the price? Now, what makes it worth five thousand dollars? Would somebody say five thousand dollars not enough? But if you give me ten, I'll tell you everything I know. Okay. And then the question has to be, and why would someone burn it down? Oh, you can go ahead and get all sort of tin hat conspiracy theory on that. Why would somebody burn that down? There's so many different reasons for arson. The not just who, but the why is what's really going to be interesting to me. Good long section of open phones coming away in just a few minutes. So we have local news next. After local news, update on the weather forecast. Bit colder today. You probably feel that. And tomorrow, too. Then it bounces back just a little bit, but with some wind coming into the area. All right, so the open phone segment right after all of that. Triple eight ninety seven woods Wake up, Wyoming. Covering world-ending catastrophes for years to come. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Find content, chat live, and listen on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Hey, 36 the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. So for those people who don't join me right out of the gate at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to repeat something for you guys that we were talking about. We got a lot. I got a lot of response to this first topic, which is why I'm bringing it up to the audience that arrives later. So we're going to go up to Casper, Wyoming, okay? Because there were some protesters there, pro-Palestinian protesters. Yeah. I, now it wasn't a lot of them. First off, I don't know if they're from Wyoming or not. I don't know because we've had in the past protesters come through that are from out of state 
They don't know anything about Wyoming. It's just that they were paid to show up and protest here. And they traveled throughout the state, stopping at various locations and doing their little protesting, then moving on. And if you're thinking, what, professional protesters? Yes, exactly. So I don't know if that's who these folks were or not. Now, if you're not familiar with the Casper area, there's a um, there's First Street in the downtown area. But it's sort of like at the edge of downtown where they were, right? And there's a building that's an old, it's called the Virginian Apartments. It used to be a hotel, I think. But it's apartment buildings now. Red brick building. And right across the street, which is a four-lane road. And it's tight because it's four lanes with sidewalks and buildings on either side. So it's really tight. A little bit of an uphill there. And on the other side of the street there is this big bank building. And there's a lot of office space in there. Well, the city hall in Casper needed to uh, fix up their city hall building, so they moved their offices over to there, which is why the protesters picked there. Well, it might be in front of city hall, but no one in city hall is really paying attention. They're all inside working. And all of the cars that are going by are going by at about 30 miles an hour, and they're all trying to get through that tight space and negotiate the hill, and there's stoplights in the area. They're not paying attention to the protesters. The protesters have signs out, pro-Palestinian signs, and a lot of them are poorly written, so you'd have no idea. You'd not even be able to read them. The few signs you could read, most people are not going to read them because they're driving by, so they're not paying attention. I might be wrong on the number, but it looked like about 10 protesters total. One, a young lady with a megaphone. And so she's screaming into the megaphone and... They had eventually a part of the protest. They all laid down and put white sheets over them with uh, paint on it to make it look like blood. Uh, and that was part of the Photoshop. Oil City News is right there on that corner. So they it was right across the street from Oil City News. They're trying to get the attention of the press, really. But none of the rest of the public really cared. So here's 10 people of about young college age with signs that pretty much nobody could read a megaphone that no one's listening to. And I really would like to apologize to the gentleman. The police officer that they sent to watch uh, looks like he's about near retirement age and could lose a few pounds. Sorry, sir. I bet you're a really nice guy, but that's the impression I got. That's who they sent out to keep an eye on these protesters that they weren't worried about. These people went ahead and yelled and screamed. They're pro-Palestinian, you know, whatever, and then went, then went on their way. So what impact did they have in the community? Well, they annoyed a lot of people. That was about it. Other than that, nobody really cares. And that's what they do with their life. Steve in Cheyenne. Morning, Steve. Good morning. Um, Good piece on the uh, geology section. Thank you. I wanted to talk to you about uh, Senator Barrasso and Senator Loomis. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a company or an organization in Wyoming called the Wyoming Business Alliance. Right. And the senators have lent their names uh, to this organization, which is pushing for solar and wind. Right. Uh, and saying how it's uh, going to be better for our prices uh, and that uh, good for the landscape, so on and so forth. All the things that are contrary to what you've, all the right. facts that you've told us. Yeah. I was hoping that um, at some point uh, you might get both the senators on. Uh, individually, of course, yeah. uh, and question them about this because the 
the Wyoming conservative values that they and, and Governor Gordon as well uh, have talked about uh, are proving not to be the case with them. So that's my nickel's work. Okay. I just wanted to pass that along. I'll see if I can. By the way, the governor's on tomorrow between 8 and 8.30. So I get to well, ask him some listening. of these questions. Yeah. Thank you very much. Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, I do have Governor Gore. I'll check that out. I don't. I do know of the Wyoming Business Alliance. I don't agree with them on everything, especially when it comes to wind and solar. But also, so you know, Governor Gordon's coming on tomorrow. He requested to come on, and he's going to be on between eight and eight. So eight oh six after the news, and eight thirty. One commercial break in the middle of all of that. Now he mainly wants to talk about things like he has a budget that he's put out, and some other, you know, topics that he's laid out that he would like to talk about. In fact. I'll go ahead to my little cheat sheet that Miss Mary provides for me so I can go ahead and take a look at some of what he wants to talk about tomorrow. But that's not all I'm going to question because we will eventually get to the topic of the whole carbon sequestration thing. It's not going to be a whole part of it. It's not going to be a big part of this conversation. But it will be part of the conversation anyway. And see, budget and priorities. That's, okay, that's all it says right now. Okay, well, we, we'll get into it. Uh, he'll have some talking points for me. Right now, it just says budget and priorities. But, yeah, I'll, I'll do some research on that. And then at some point, the whole carbon sequestration thing will come up as well. It's got to on this topic. And also your utility rates. But budget proposals, because we're getting near the next legislative session, and the governor has put out his request for a budget, which has some bit, pretty big cuts in it, actually. And to give Gordon credit for some things, because, you know, while he and I disagree on a few things, there's also some other things that he and I agree on. And he has been really good at cutting down the size of government in the state of Wyoming and wants to continue to do that. So we'll talk about those things. And just in case, because some people question me about this whenever I get done interviewing any of our representatives, I am always going to be polite to them. We will disagree, but I'm not going to be like Dave from San Francisco. Okay. This is your chance to hear what they, what in this case, what the governor has to say outside of the media. Forget what the media says or anybody else says the governor said. Here's the governor himself explaining himself directly to you. And then you can take it and decide whether you agree with it or not, whether you like it or not. I'm just going to get him talking and and ask him some tough questions and just let the answers fall where they may. I'm not going to be rude to anybody on this program. That's why I hang up on Dave from San Francisco. DJ, Wyo Free and Mills. It was uh, the feminists of Casper. Is that who was protesting? Were these women who were protesting in Casper for Palestinians, were they from Casper? Because I don't know where they were from. I'm not... Yeah, I'm not really sure about that. I just know that the protest was absolutely useless. It really didn't convince anybody of anything. If all it really did was it served to annoy a bunch of people in the area. And that I know that because when I came on this morning, you know, I get here just a little bit after 2 o'clock, and there were already messages I was getting from people, some who were awake, some who had sent it the day before, that were just really annoyed with these protesters. So whatever it is they were trying to accomplish, total fail. Most people had no idea what they were talking about. The vast majority of people didn't even know they were here. The few people who did see what they were doing were just annoyed with them. I don't know what that was supposed to be about. 845, wake up my own. The only show broadcasting from a bunker under Devil's Tower. 
Hey, it's cold down here. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, 6 a.m. weekdays on AM 1030 and FM 95.1. Eight forty-eight is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Bring Bambino's waiting by. Okay, so I gave you a choice last hour. Now you're stuck with the playing. lander guy. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> there's a lady who posted this. Who we uh, follow each other on social media. So I asked, "Can I use this picture?" She said, "Absolutely." Okay. Her name is Donna. She was driving north of Lander on Highway Seven Eighty Nine. Okay. okay, and on the highway, just off to the side there, there's this tall pole that goes up. Looks like about the size of a flagpole. Okay, at the top of it, somebody had made a flying saucer, and standing up out of the flying saucer, looking out, and this is from just below the waist up, are two aliens. You know the kind with the big eyes, right? Yeah, like close encounter kind of aliens, mm -hmm. and that's just looking at the traffic go by on the highway. And there's even I'm noticing at the top of the flying saucer a couple of spotlights that would light up the aliens. Oh, were they a welcoming committee for aliens that want to visit Lander? I have a theory about this, which I went ahead and wrote up in my story. Okay. So, as you know, uh, Wyoming has a couple of official spaceports. Yes. Yeah. Now, one of them is over in Green River. And I say official because if you look at an aeronautical chart meant for pilots, there's an airstrip near Green River that says Intergalactic Space Station. Did these lander aliens land in Green River? No. And then I think, traverse to... Yeah. Oh, I think they were lost, frankly. Oh, oh okay. 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 Oh, the other one, of course, as you know, by the documentary Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that's yeah. the other uh, official yeah, double star, yeah, station yeah. there. Yeah. So I just kind of wonder, were these guys lost or asking... Are they standing up out of their spacecraft because they're asking directions? I don't know what the deal is there. Or maybe that's a stopping ground, too. Maybe that's just, you know, a place where you grab... Um, Something to drink, and I don't know what the urinals would look like for these guys. Is this like a museum or a, no. an antique store or no. just out, out of the middle of nowhere? Uh, right in front of this guy has a Kwanzaa hut kind of garage. Okay. Okay. And I can see off to the side there's a single wide trailer. And out in front of it is where he's built this thing. It looks like the kind of person who had a welding torch and too much time on his hands. Pretty much. Well, yeah. Well, it's providing entertainment for all the people on 789. In both directions. Personally, I think it's real. But okay. Whatever you want to do, Frank, will go. You can decide for yourself what this is. But I now have to drive out there. Thanks a lot, Donna. Yeah. To see it for myself. Now, if you want to know what this looks like, Frank, it's on the Wake Up Wyoming website right now, okay? I got it. Men's junior college basketball from last night. L Triple C from Cheyenne narrowly lost to third rated Salt Lake Community College 113 112 in overtime. Golden Eagles were led by Brendan Tashoya with 26, so they're 5 and 3 on the year. The L Trip women beat out the CSU club team their last time out 74 42, so they're 4 and 4. And both of the Golden Eagle teams will take on North Platte, Nebraska on Friday. Casper College men's basketball team beat McCook, Nebraska their last time out 86 77. Darius Robinson threw in 30 for the T Birds, so they're 5 and 5. They will host Colorado Northwestern from Rangeley on Friday night. Casper College women crushed Snow College from Utah 92-63 their last time out to get to 5-2 and two on the year. Andy Schisler led the way for the T-Birds with 22. They'll be in the Western Nebraska Tournament in Scotts Bluff on Friday and Saturday. In the NBA, defending champion Denver off to a 13-6 and six start after a 134-124 win over Houston last night in Colorado. The Nuggets are 9-0 at home and they are led in scoring by Nikola Jokic with 32. In the National Hockey League, the Colorado Avalanche 
Avalanche will be in Arizona tonight. The Avs are 15-6 and six and lead the Central Division. In golf, Kelly Walsh golfer Josh Lane is signed with Easter Wyoming College in Torrington. Lane was the 2022 4A State champion who won that tournament in a playoff and finished third of the 2023 4A State tournament that was held at the Powderhorn in Sheridan. College volleyball at the Division One level, the Wyoming Cowgirls will be in the National Invitational Tournament that will be in uh, Greeley, Colorado at Northern Colorado University of Northern Colorado today. That's a four-team pod there, so the Cowgirls will draw South Dakota three this afternoon, and UW comes in at 20-9. and This will be the last postseason go-around for senior and Casper Kelly Walsh High School grad Corn Carruth, who has 283 kills this season, which is third on the team. South Dakota's 18-10 and on the year. This is a single elimination tournament, so if the Cowgirls win this afternoon, they'll take on Northern Colorado or Valparaiso tomorrow night at 6 p.m. in Greeley, and that's it in sports. So how do you follow these people with this? Well, the, the, the aliens? No, 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 no. We, we know how to follow the aliens. That's pretty easy. Just use the chip that they put in your butt. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, okay. oh, oh. No, no, the, who you were just talking about. Oh, the volleyball team? Yes. I'm sure they they, they, they got to stream that somewhere. They would have to. Okay. Everything is streamed now. Yeah, okay. So, Even aliens are streaming. Sure, they are right now. And this is, in fact, I need to go there because this guy has put lights at the top of this thing. Uh, that means I also have to, thanks a lot, guy. I have to go out at night to see what this thing looks like in the middle of the night. Because you got to go go to the Wake Up Wyoming site. Take a look at this. It's actually really cool. But again, obviously someone who's got a welding torch, some metal, and way too much time on his hand. You know, maybe maybe someone will visit and want to say hi. Maybe. Have you seen, you must have, Highway 90. Uh, you're heading from uh, Sundance. Okay. Going west with the, with the airplane, the on the airplane stick? up on a stick, yeah, yeah. big big twin engine plane, and yeah, it's yeah. real. Air, yeah, airplane on a stick, yeah, yeah, and and it it, uh, it acts like uh, well, it actually weather vanes into the pretty wind. much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, who the hell has the time for this, Frank? Not me or you. Gotcha, but I'm glad they're out there. Yeah. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. Nine o'clock hour is going to be open phones all the way. Triple A ninety seven Woods. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Wake up, Wyoming. Nine oh six. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. It is a Thursday. My name is Glenn Woods. Open phones. 888-97 Woods, the phone number, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. I'm going to be topic hopping, which means you get to change the topic, too. If I'm jumping from one thing to the next to try to clean house a little bit here, you can interrupt me and change the subject. Also, quite a few people send me notes off the Wake Up Wyoming app by using the chat method. Just hit chat and send me a text, and I'll answer back. So, all right. This has taken way too long. Remember, there's this guy named George Santos in Congress. He's the guy, shockingly, to get his position in Congress. He lied about everything. He really completely misrepresented, forged everything on his resume, ran for office, got the job. Now he's in Congress. And he didn't just lie about little things. He lied about massive things, big time. Now he's in Congress. And they would love to get rid of him. Not just the Republican Party, but in general, get rid of them. Now it's found 
that while he's been in Congress, oh, big shocker here, he may have been using his office for political and financial gain. <gasps> really? Headline, GOP may finally have the votes to expel George Santos, but Speaker Johnson has reservations, so the Speaker of the House may have... First of all, I am all for getting rid of this guy, just so you know. I am For all the reasons that I just stated, while we're at it, let's apply this to other people. That means if we get rid of him, which I'm in favor of, we would then have to get rid of our president for the same reasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, our current president has a history of this lying and using his office for political and financial gain. Okay, so here's... And then how many other members of Congress can we throw out while we're at it? Story says multiple House Republicans said Wednesday they believe there is now enough to support GOP lawmakers to boot Representative George Santos from Congress later this week. Well, later this week, they better hurry up. It's Thursday. After a GOP conference meeting... One said, I think there will be 120 to 150 Republican votes. Yet another New York Republican said he believes this will be Santos' last week in Congress. I hope so. I'll be voting to expel, he said. Nearly 90 House Republicans say they are likely going to vote to, export, to support expulsion. A political international whip count found that more than 75 House Republicans say they plan to vote for Santos. Well, okay, so they have all the numbers here. It looks like they might have the votes to do it. We'll see. The Speaker of the House Wednesday expressed real reservations about expelling him from the House. He has yet to be convicted of any kind of a crime. Hmm. Okay. Well, and if you want to make sure he's convicted of something, okay, I can see that. If you want to make sure he's convicted of something. But let's go ahead and get with this. Now, as I've said, it's okay to do this, I think. I'm fine. I would, but while we're at it, let's be consistent. We can start then by getting rid of the president, the vice president, and how many other members of Congress. Because this sets a very important precedent, I think. All right. Off to the phones we go. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. Mills, Wyoming. Hey, Jude. Hey, good morning. I'm on a roll this morning. I told Mary she needed to play the head explosion because I'm on the, the Cheney train this morning. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I, I didn't get that. She's got a new here. book out, uh, Oath and Honor. Yeah. I about peed my pants reading that because it ought to be called Lies I Still Tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway. I, um, but real quick, I did do a little bit of a write-up on that book a while ago, but I think I did a write-up on it before it actually hit the store shelves. So did you actually go buy it? Oh, hell no. I okay. wouldn't buy that. You'd have to give it to me so yes. I could throw it in the fireplace for oh, okay. Okay. I would not read that dribble because I know what she says. Yeah. Um, she's all over CNN and all the other fake media running her lips like she always does. But anyway, um, I had to say this because uh, Liz is no longer protected. She's not a representative anymore. So I, I told Trump and his team, you need to subpoena her into your court over these J6 deals, right? Right. Because she's no longer a representative. She's not immune to being under oath and put on the witness stand. And I would love for him to do it because then she would have to say exactly the truth mm. or lose her law license, which I right. think she should have lost in the first place. 
when uh, she started taking like Jordan's text right. and she misread them into the record. She was guilty of tampering with witnesses, documents. They have destroyed records from the J6 committee. They're hiding them under uh, her pal Adam Schiff had a, oh, I guess they call it kind of a, a law or a rule that you can't get into those records now. Why? What are they so afraid of? Okay, now that some of the J6 footage is coming out, we're finding out there was like 200 uh, FBI agents in the crowd. Well, we knew that. I mean, that one guy that I like to call him a uh, blue hat boy, yeah. his, he was an FBI agent that did this, hid Hunter Biden's laptop, okay, from the public, from the, uh, the commission, from uh, the judiciary. Secondly, uh, let's see, where's my other part? Oh, she calls Trump orange Jesus. Yeah. And that we're all brainwashed. No, we're not brainwashed, honey. We can spot a crook when we see one. And in in your J6 panel was a joke. Uh, in fact, three of them can be called as witnesses. Murphy and Kinzinger as well. And I would definitely call them. Thirdly, now that Trump is trying to get the depositions and the records from J6, the judge won't give them to him. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. He wasn't allowed to defend himself on this crooked panel, and now he can't defend himself in a court of law. And what is this country coming to when people are picked out because they pushed on one of his tweets or liked one of his tweets? So we're now under government surveillance for even liking one of Trump's tweets. This has got to stop. And if it means getting rid of the entire top tier of the entire government, I say it's time we do it. Okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. This is what it's here for. Now you've let off a little bit of steam. It's safe to, for you well, to go I outside. Had to before the holidays. Yeah, I right. had to because you're going to be gone for the holidays. A whole week, yeah. And that's going to bum me out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. Thank you, Jude. Uh, so, you know, this, the, the show is therapy, just so you know. Let me, for those people who might be new to the program, let me explain it to you. Picture a radio studio. Like a radio studios have padded walls, right? For sound. Okay. Which means I sit in a padded room and I talk to myself. And you are the voices in my head. Like Judy calling right now. How creepy is that? Together we make it through all of this. So it's therapy. You can call, let off some steam. We all feel better after that. Now it's safe to be around a lot. You know, for people who meet me in person, they notice I'm really a mellow guy, always in a good mood, because I get to sit on the mic four hours a day and do this. Then I leave here and it's just all out of my system. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Listen to Glenn Woods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Len Woods. Thanks for joining me. Remember, let's go way back, way, way, way back to the time of segregation. There's a reason I'm bringing this up. It's very interesting who's doing what right now. I'm going to go way back to, let me see, it was, um, what year was this? Uh, George Wallace was governor, 1964, when Governor George Wallace opposed desegregation. In other words, 
there were some uh, black students who wanted to go to a school. And he actually showed up and stood in front of the door with his National Guard saying, those kids aren't allowed to go here. He wanted to keep the schools segregated. Now, of course, at the time, that was your Democrat Party for you. That's who they were. They were the segregationists. Now, we fought a long time through this. Uh, Thankfully, we had people like Martin Luther King and so on. We fought really hard for this and eventually got things desegregated. And when I was growing up, the big push at the time was to do what Martin Luther King said. You judge a person by the content of their character. That's it. Not by the color of their skin or their gender or whatever else. By the content of their character. And yes, you can define good character. Why then? In progressive high schools run by a Democrat, are they trying to race segregate classes? And they're doing this in the name of diversity, equality, and inclusion. Really? I thought it was bad enough a few years back I was telling the story on the air about how a very liberal college in the dorms, they wanted to start segregating the dorms by race. Their attitude is, well, we have to protect these minorities from the white people. We had worked so hard for so long to get to the point where it didn't matter anymore. Race was not an issue. Why are we going backwards here? And it's the same party bringing us back. So the story says diversity, equity, and inclusion policies have grown so diverse that now they include policies that... Well, bring us right back to the Jim Crow area, right right back to where we started from. A Chicago area school district is attempting to boost academic achievement among black and Latino students by offering black-only and Latino-only classes. No whites allowed. The segregated classes are called affinity classes, and they aim to reduce the so-called academic achievement gap by making black and Latino students feel more comfortable in class. That's what they say they're doing. We had reached a point where that didn't matter anymore. We had got, what if your school was just better and treated kids like kids instead of segregating them? Because what do you think, that the black and Latino kids are dumber? They, you shouldn't know. Put them in with everybody else because they're just as smart. Well, um, as Evanston, Illinois School Board president described the problem this month, our black students are, for lack of a better word, at the bottom, and they consistently still are. He, the Evanston, uh, well, they could have or- offered extra tutoring, parental engagement programs, all sorts of things. But instead, they think segregating the class is the way to go. That needs to massively backfire on them. I mean, in more ways than one. Then there's this headline. Middle school course tells students, this is a middle school, to explore sexual identities and understand the politics of privilege. Is this what you sent your kids to middle school to learn? Nick, how are you this morning? Not too bad, sir. Hey, considering we are both, from down south. Yeah. And one of the places where I went to school at was Miami Lakes Junior High. Right. Out in the uh, Hialeah area. The school was square. When you walked into it, predominantly for three sides of the hallways, one was predominantly white. Yeah. The back hallway 
which was considered the back end of the school, I couldn't tell you northeast, south, or west, right. was predominantly black. And then one hallway was predominantly Hispanic. Right. And I remember that when we went to when I went to school there, Miami Lakes Junior High. And that's still when people ask about it, they're like, what? And I was yeah. like, yeah. I said, don't ask me why and why they did it. But it was still done that way. And that was 85. Wow. So it was still, you know, people were still pushing the issue then especially in uh, an area where you have mixed races right. everywhere. And that would be one of the last things you think they would do. Okay. But I, I just listening to you talk about this this morning, I figured I'd throw that in there. Okay. See, now I was on uh, the other coast. I was over in Fort Myers going to a high school there. Yeah. And we have a lot of racial diversity going on. But I noticed that, you know, everybody kind of gets into their cliques. And so there were the rednecks and, you know, the, uh, uh, of course, the preps and all this kind of stuff. And there was even some racial cliques and so on. But I did find for the most part, people didn't care. I mean, among the kids. They just didn't care if you knew someone and it was a decent person and you liked them. That's all there was to it. And as far as how people achieved in classrooms, it it really didn't matter on anything other than how much the kid put into it, not on what their race was. So I noticed a lot less of it on my coast. Yeah, on the, on the classes and the schools and the sports, everybody was mixed. We all did great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I didn't know what an auditorium was until I actually moved up here. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't meet them. Yeah. But it was the school actually separated the students that way instead of the students doing themselves because you got assigned a locker. Okay. And so it was on the school. All right. All right. Thanks for calling this morning. I appreciate it. Let me tell you a story based on this, and I'll get back to the other one I was talking about. True story. I know I've told this on the air before, something that happened to me. Teacher, this isn't high school, had to leave the class for a bit. The principal showed up. Hey, I need to talk about something real quick. And she steps out of the classroom, and she says uh, as she leaves, now behave. And we're all in the classroom together, and we're all in our cliques. Now, I kind of sat in the middle because, I mean, I hung out with just about everybody. But uh, you, you had your, again, your preps, your rednecks, and et cetera, et cetera. But also in the back corner, back right corner, back left corner from the teacher's position, was a little group of uh, black students. Now that the teacher's gone, and we're all whispering to each other, and one girl... Oh, I did first, actually. I turned around, and I noticed that they were kind of whispering these kids in the back corner, and I could overhear what they were saying, and I said loud enough for everybody to hear, are you telling a, a, a white joke? And they got really embarrassed. And then one of the girls in the prep group stood up and said, I've never heard a white joke before, and we all went into the back corner. Now, they're scared, but we're telling them, no, 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 it's okay. We want to, we've never heard this before. The joke was very inappropriate and really funny. And since we all laughed, another one of the black kids said, okay, if you think that's funny. And he told an even more inappropriate joke, and we all laughed. Next you know, we're all telling jokes about each other's groups. Now, the teacher comes back in. What's going on? Oh, nothing, nothing. We're just telling jokes, and we all went back to our seats. I noticed something over the next few weeks. While we still all sat in our cliques in that teacher's classroom... But out in the hallways after class, barriers had been broken down. Friends had been made. What we needed to get along was not you will be punished if you say or whatever, you know. Instead, we needed to break the barriers down. And it came with very inappropriate humor as we got to know each other and realized 
Well, you're not so bad after all, are you? That's what we should be working toward, really. All right, coming up on 9.30, local news coming away right after local news update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. Wake up, Wyoming. Talk to Glenn, call 888-97-WOODS or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine thirty six of times, Wake Up Wyoming. couple of things real quick here, changing the subject again. Uh, first... On the ridiculously large television they put in the studio with me, there was a protest just a moment ago of some people in New York City protesting that we tax even more the mega wealthy. Well, see, what happened is New York tried to lower some taxes on the mega wealthy, and that's because these people are leaving New York just like they're leaving Illinois, just like they're leaving California. They're leaving these states because they're just so overtaxed, so they're going galt and just getting out of there. Yeah, so now <clears throat> these people want to tax the rich even more. Well, we have all these things we have to pay for. Well, you're not going to be able to pay for me from running all your rich people out of town. Grandpa Rich is in Thermopolis. Hello, Rich. How you doing, Glenn? Good, sir. What you got? You know, you were talking about Wallace. You know, I'm I'm working on 75 years, and I can remember him. I remember when he got shot running for president. But I like to just add to what you were saying. You know, when I grew up, the South was basically Democratic. Yeah. It's changed over the years. A lot of people from the North moved to the South. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you know where the KKK was. From, yeah. Right? Right. The Democrats. Yeah. Well, in fact, it was <laughs> the the Democrat Party was in charge of the South during the um, Civil War. The Democrat Party started the KKK, and the Democrat Party wrote the Jim Crow laws. Now the Democrat parties are trying to segregate again, but now they're saying it's for inclusion and diversity. You, you know, another thing I found interesting watching the History Channel... The Democratic Party of the Southerners, they didn't really want to get into the Revolutionary War. Right. Because they had a good thing going with England buying their cotton. Right. Know? Yeah. All but right. Anyway, thanks. Right. I just wanted to add that in there. You That's know, fine. A lot of people, you know, you guys are a lot younger and you didn't live through some of the stuff. Yeah. I'm in the process of finishing off my uh, autobiography where I talk about all this stuff. Well, in fact, a lot of. Today, uh, people have a wrong, uh, well, they've been taught wrong about what history is. So they, they weren't there like you. So they don't know what you know because what they're being told happened back then. And they're being told a lie. You know, most of this stuff really started in Vietnam or during Vietnam. Right. During the 68, that's when the these people invaded the Democratic Party and yeah. started, because remember when, when Trump got elected, a couple of them were running around getting all ticked off. They're going like, 
well, there goes 50 some years down the drain, you know, right. and just, just progressive stuff. But anyway, right. All right. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate for you calling in. Now, on a completely different, this is completely different. I, w- I want to play this for you real quick because I want to try to get into it tomorrow. A little while ago, I told you guys about a young man, nine years old, who had done a study that said that we Americans use about 500 million straws a day and most of them wind up in the ocean. And, of course, that was complete garbage. But if you remember how the news media ran with it like it was fact. Okay, now there's this. Here's one of my all-time favorite broadcasters. John Stossel. Are you lonely? You must be, because headline after headline says loneliness is everywhere in America. There's a mass loneliness crisis going on. Loneliness is an epidemic. We are absolutely in a loneliness crisis. As usual, the media are just wrong. Loneliness isn't getting worse. Nothing to back it up? Well, yes, there is an epidemic of headlines. Uh, saying that there is a loneliness epidemic, but there's no empirical data that actually shows that we feel more lonely now than we did in the past. In his new book, Johan Norberg explains that when researchers compare people with previous generations at the same stage of life, they don't find evidence of increased loneliness. Which is interesting, because I would also think that it's less of a stigma to tell people that you feel lonely nowadays. But more people live alone now. I would think that would make more people lonelier. But the interesting thing, and this is what they never tell you in the reports, is that people who live alone and spend less time with surrounded by other people are also more happy with those relationships. But in places like India and China, where you, I would think they'd have big families to count on, many more say they have no one. It's the complete opposite of what people expect. In traditional and less market-based societies, between 20 to 30 to 40 percent say they have no one to count on if they need help. Whereas in the richest and most individualist societies, it's in the low single digits. It's the opposite of what the scaremongers tell us. And of course, the scaremongers are telling you that you're lonely and we're suffering a loneliness epidemic because of capitalism. Yeah, to blame capitalism again. All right, so that that's a teaser. We'll get into more of that tomorrow. But once again, here's something that you were told, and it's viral in the media right now, like the, like the nine-year-old who said that we use 500 million straws a day and most of them wind up in the ocean. Completely wrong. Like the whole cult of climate change garbage that you're told and fed constantly. Completely wrong. And some of the other stories we can go through that are just absolutely completely wrong. And yet they keep trying to push these stories on you without checking anything. It sounds good. It's viral. It's going to get your attention. It's going to get you excited. It's clickbait. And they don't care if it does any actual damage. When the story's not true, it does actual damage. They don't care. We'll get into that tomorrow. Let's wake up my own. Wake Up Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Nine forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go to talk to Frank Gambino. So, if you're from Wyoming, Frank, you're known as a Wyoming ite. Ite. There you go. And so there's a list our friend down the hallway, Drew, put up. You just got to go ahead and pick on your state here and decide if you're from whatever state, you're considered a whatever that might be. You're an ite or an, or an iron. 
Yes. Uh, so I was raised like in... Flor- like Floridian. I was raised in Florida, so Floridian. Now, I'm not going to get into details, but it made me really nervous when I lived in Tampa. Because? Uh, I'll explain it when we're off the air. <laughs> okay. you're, Texas. Te- you're te- Texan, yeah. Yeah, okay. Texan, yeah. What do you do if you're from Idaho? I think you're Idahoan. Yeah, that just doesn't that didn't work for me, Frank. Yeah, I, th- I think you you're an Idaho one. I, I don't know how that... Okay. Uh, so it's A-N-E-R-I-A-N or I-T-E. Uh, Arizonian, that just sounds no, weird. Is, is that, that, that may be. Yeah, yeah. Or is he, some of them... Now, Oregon, Oregonian. Yeah, Oregonian. Yeah, yeah. It just sounds... Okay, but... Okay, no, New York, New Yorker. That sounds yeah. perfectly yeah. normal. That sounds okay. Uh, but why is it when... Who is a Hoosier? It's in Indiana, I know that. Yes. Why? Why go with Hoosier? What does that have to do with? It, it must be because they've been the Hoosiers for yeah decades. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Mississippi, Mississippian. Okay, that makes sense. Colorado, and I think we did that one yeah. over here. Okay. Uh, North North Dakota. I think they're just North Dakota. The no, well, they're, they're the Dakotans, North Dakotans. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Some of these, I just Mississippian, I do understand now. Again, Florida, Virginian, that makes sense. Delaware, that's horrible. Delawarean? No, that's terrible. That is terrible. They need to change that in Delaware. Delawarean. Uh, that, uh, yeah, Delaware. What is it? <laughs> it sounds like something you buy at aisle nine or something. Oh, now I'm going to really mess with your brain. Connecticut. Connecticut. Connecticutonians. Uh, Connecticuter. Connecticuter. <laughs> yeah, here. Connect the dots. Uh, now, it's bad enough when you're in Massachusetts. I have a tough time spelling Massachusetts. It's so, so many letters. Yeah, yeah, but everyone just calls it Mass. Yes, but Massachusetts. Wow. No, that's no. got a New Hampshireite. Okay. Vermont is a Vermonter. Yeah. Okay. Maine is a Mainer. Mainer. Eh. Yeah. I would have to, if I was from a, Maine, a, a I would A Mariner to, from Mainer. Yeah, yeah. A Mainer who is a Mariner. Okay. Now, I completely understood Wyoming Night and Floridian. Some yeah. of those make sense. Other of these, I'm like, hey, uh, we need to get together and have a state resolution. Yes, for all these names. College volleyball at the Division One level, the Wyoming Cowgirls in postseason play. They're in that National Invitational Tournament that will be held at the University of Northern Colorado in Greeley starting today. There's a four-team pod at UNC, and the Cowgirls will draw South Dakota at 3 p.m. this afternoon, and UW comes in at 20-9. and 9. They'll be in the, this will be the last postseason go-around for senior and Gasper Kelly Walls High School grad Corin Carruth, who had 283 kills this season, which was third on the team. South Dakota's 18-10 and 10 on the year. This is a single elimination tournament. If the Cowgirls win this afternoon, they'll take on either UNC or Valpo tomorrow at 6 p.m. Men's Juco basketball from last night. LCCC from Cheyenne narrowly lost to third-rated Salt Lake Community College, 113-112 in overtime. Golden Eagles were led by Brandon Tushoyo with 26 as they fall the 5-3 and three on the year. The LCCC women beat the CSU club team their last time out, 74-42, to 42, so they're 4-4 four and four on the year. Both of the LCCC teams will take on North Platte, Nebraska, coming up on Friday. Casper College men's basketball team beat McCook, Nebraska their last time out 86-77. Darius Robinson threw in 30 for the T-Birds, so Casper is 5-5. Five and five. They will host Colorado Northwestern from Rangeley on Friday night. Casper College women crushed no college from Utah 92-63 their last time out to get to 5-2. and two. Andy Schisler led the way for the T-Birds with 22, and they will be in the Western Nebraska Tournament in Scotts Bluff Friday and Saturday. In the NBA, the Denver Nuggets, the defending NBA champions, are off to a 13-6 and six start after a 134-124 win over Houston last night in Colorado. Nuggets are 9-0 at home 
home, and they're led in scoring by Nikola Jokic with 32. In the National Hockey League, the Colorado Avalanche will be in Arizona tonight. They're 15-6 on the year and lead the Central Division. In golf, Kelly Walsh golfer Josh Lane is signed with Eastern Wyoming College in Torrington. Uh, Lane was the 2022 4A state champion. He won that state championship on the extra playoff hole and then finished third at the 2023 4A state tournament that was held at the Potter Horn in Sheridan. That's it in sports. So if, if you're from Casper, you're a Casperite. Yes. Okay. Douglas? Douglatonian? Mm, I don't even think they have one. Wheatland's easy. Wheatlander. Is it? Are they? Are you? Is it really what they call them? Or well, are we no. just making that up? As no, we go no, no, no. I'm attaching the way that they say to do this in the guide. That oh, would oh, be oh, a, oh, a oh. Wheatlander. That would make sense. What about Mills? Uh, that would be a million. <laughs> a, a Millsian. Yeah. A Millsian. Uh, Gillette is really tough to do. Yeah. Boy, Wyoming's got some names that just doesn't it, work. It, with it, this. it doesn't go. Yeah. No, no. Now Evanston. Yeah. Would be an Evanstonian. Yes, see that makes sense. E- Evanstonian. And Jackson would be a Jackson. Jacksonsonian. Yeah, or Jacksonites. Jacksonites. Yeah, there you go. Jacksonites for that. That it's would make a whole like lot of Superman sense. Something like Superman East or something. I'm sorry, I can't help you, Cheyenne. I have no, no idea. No, what no, we to do we, that. we have no idea no what, idea. what you guys are on. But come on in, and I'll tell you what Tampa. Okay. What, okay. Let's wake up, Wyoming. No, it really, I can't. I can't say it on the air. Let's wake up, Wyoming.